Hello and welcome back to the podcast. My last previous entries were probably a bit weird because I was going through um, a paranoid state and unhappiness. So most of the poetry that I wrote, all the entries into, I call them journal entries. (laughs) I call them journal entries, but I don't write journals. I just write free writing in books sometimes. I guess it's the same thing, but it's not specifically for journaling and it doesn't really talk about my day. It's just like a scroll of prose writing. I, I get away with calling it prose writing because there's no real there's no real rhyme structure to it or stanzas or anything. It's just a big chunk of writing that should be edited, but I tr- choose to do it in its raw format. Um, the one that I'm going to to share with you next was was a piece of writing I did for vocal media when I was into writing on my profile there which it's a it's a good platform for short stories and poetry but mainly short stories and articles I've not really got around to writing any articles but I'm practicing writing fiction I end up doing I do like autobiographical can't say that I do non-fiction which is based on my own real life and it's usually in poetry or prose writing anyway i'm going to read off one that i found the other day on my vocal because i went back to vocal media and had a look i thought I might try to take this up again because i lose interest in a lot of things i i lose a lot of interest sometimes especially when i'm going through my dark days of um it's like it's almost like a depression it's the same numb apathy feeling where things that you find enjoyable just don't please you no more and I am I am actually taking medication for depression as well as my illnesses but um some days you just can't help the way you feel and I just had to sit in that feeling and I found that writing anything would help get it out of me but I feel like the last podcast which is entitled November journal entries I feel like it's a bit bleak and a bit a bit grim um so maybe that's why I'm about to let you um tell share some more what I wrote in that time period and make this one grim too no I think all my I think I'm born with an, an innate sense of sadness anyway I think most of us are we all have this sort of sadness about us even when we're happy and so a lot of the work that I do could be seen as grim. It's just I've looked back at it and because I was going through such a hard time mentally and emotionally and it was an internal struggle, outwardly, when I look at what what's come out of me during that time period, um, it automatically brings back connections to those emotions and I think, well, if I'm feeling that, then everybody's going to think it's doom and gloom and grim, but I know, I know. Otherwise, it's subjective, and so is sanity. In fact, insanity is comparative. But who do you compare it to? How do you know you're crazy? Who's normal? I, I found that little piece of information that stuck in my head when I was reading Pulp. That's what's brought me out of the depression. I, I don't. I try to read more, and I, as I told you, I was doing a podcast that was going to be all about reading but I don't read as often as I should and I'm not I'm not quite getting there with the um booktube business that I see people doing on a daily basis it's all young people 
I'm I'm like nearly forty, so there's some old older people that do them as well, but they they're full of knowledge and well read, and I'm not. So as far as the um being a reader and producing a podcast about it, as far as that's going, it's not going anywhere at the minute. But I decided I was going to pick up one of my old books. It's hardback, and it's Charles Bukowski, and it was pulp, and I've never actually read it. I've had it for years, never read it. I sat down, started reading, and it was, I think it was five or six o'clock, no, four o'clock in the morning, I'd started reading earlier that evening when it was dark, couldn't tell you what time, I'm just trying to, if I did know the time I would tell you, but also with you not having a time scale, you, you might think I'm a fast reader or a slow one, but I basically nearly completed the book, I'm on page 152, I got to page 152 and there is only, don't let me spoil the end of the story, there is only 186 pages in the in the book, in the in the novel. Um, and it's one of them that I never fancied before because I always associate it with Pulp Fiction. I love that film and I think, I know everything, there is to know about Pulp. And um, it's just a brilliant read. And in there he, he did say, um, insanity is... I couldn't find the word when I decided, oh, I should take notes because I found one thing that I was going to remember. I thought I should take notes and I went back to look for it and I couldn't find the actual use of it. If you can hear shouting in the background, it's only Matt on playing on his Xbox. So anyway, um, and he's got his headset on, so he screams a bit. Um, I couldn't find the actual word, but I'm sure it said because I'm no good at remembering things even when I say make a mental note of that. I'm no good at it. Oh, I'm no good at it. Sounded quite posh then. <laughs> and it says insanity is comparative, or it might have said comparable, comparable. No, see, that that isn't a word, isn't it? It might be, but I can't say it. Is comparative or comparable? Anyway, me basically, I translate in my head that it's something that can be compared to, or it has to be compared to and crazy or, or insane has to be compared to sane and what's sane is is it can, who can prove what's sane is it normal and um i just think it's a really cool thing i love charles bukowski and the more i read of him this was the last novel he wrote before he passed away and it's weird because i seem to be reading his works in a backward fashion the only poetry book that I own of his, even though I want a love is a dog from hell, that might be a story, but I'm sure it's a collection of poems of of his. I, I don't own, own any others, but I own The Last Night of the Earth poems, which the title kind of gives it away. That's his last poetry, excuse me, anthology. And I've read that over and over again, you know, at various different times, as you do with poetry books. You don't read it page from page, you pick one and you flip through and you go back to your favourite. That's what I do. And I've, I've gone through that one a lot, so I can quite say, I, I, so I can say I'm quite well read in that one. And then this being one of the first books that I picked up, I've read his stories before, but nothing all the way through and nothing com- in a complete way. And so I read this one, and this is the last one he wrote before I went away. I've still not finished it, but I'm going to finish it off today. And um, what I will do is share with you next the vocal media 
story and then after that I'll show you a couple of entries from from when I was feeling all paranoid and depressed at the same time it's like a psychotic depression it's awful and um and then I'll try and do do something else a bit more joyous for the end thank you for listening listen to the, this I wrote this like I said a month ago on um vocal media Psychosis in Prose by So Poetic about a month ago written in love poems on a on a website called Vocal Media A tragic comedy that accumulates into a big series of incomprehensible events and a blurred timeline Lost and Wounded She was always alone and never lonely Her baggage she wore like a badge she carried with her everything she owned and had everything she could need, except the connection she was terrified to take. She hated communication, small talk, as it sounded like misinformation. She could not ever trust a soul. Those she had trusted from old, from her being young enough to depend on them, those had been the ones who had told the lies, who let her down and now did not want her around them anymore. She lived in threat of minor irritations until these things boiled over into fear and paranoid delusions. Every week another key would be handed to her, another lock change, on a house that only she and her cat had ever entered. No one was safe to step inside but if someone happened to stop by and knock on the door then she would call the housing up and another lock change on the doors once more. She kept her windows locked and blinds almost shut, but open enough to peep to see people walking by, passing by, getting on with their lives, and they never knew what was going on in her mind or inside those closed doors. Quote by Stephen Baldwin, I almost died secretly behind closed doors. Dark nights of the soul, until one day came, until one day come what may, she happened upon a smiley face, friendly enough, although drunk, as such, she knew she might or could be saved. A whole new twist shone a light on things, at which she welcomed the visitor in. He came inside open-minded, opened his heart and tore her soul apart in the kindest way. She saw that he had saved her from despairing, until he went away disappearing only to lay his head in his own bed without her. That night was a dark night of the soul. Many a bad nightmare occurred. She made a decision. She texted a few words, then left her life in the hands of the blue-eyed man, the stranger. Would he, how could he, save her? But he did. Twelve hours later, she'd been missing all day, floating away in the state of unconscious lucid limbo. The second time, she saved herself. Then admitted defeat in the face of duty and the arms of angels, she took herself into the equation and the stranger waited patiently away in his world, fighting fit as she fought a fight for and against her own demons, trying to lift the weight of her entire life. He waited to give her life and she sensed a need to get out and talk about the pain and the way she refrained from discussing the delusions before.
She wanted to speak, but behind closed doors, ones with no windows, only the windows to the soul. This is a short quote by Emily Dickinson. My life closed twice before it cl- before its close. It yet remains to see if immortality unveil a third event on me, giving sorrow words. His voice was one of monotone innocence and ignorance, and the assurance of life was his policy, wide-eyed, signed and declared, his beautiful charm of transparency and bliss. She wanted never to say those words for fear of drawing a tear on those immaculate cheeks. She did make him him grow out his beard to frame her name upon his lips and love the mouth that feeds her. His tongue is a crimson dinghy that floats in a rapid of rapid rushed love, flushed blood and heavenly scent harmonics. In other words, please be true. In other words, I'm a monster. Nice to meet you. She said, she told him why she was crying, but didn't reveal the plot. Her eyes and his met in veiled secrecy. Souls collided and the stars took a back seat on everything. Then nothing was said in a heartbeat. The crowded car seat of the waiting taxi announced what was to be the longest, most connected, lasting memory. The only person who in her entire life gave, displayed, engaged and forgave her love in all its shocking entirety. His broken heart could not be healed or mended and he didn't feel it had to or that it was his place to glue it. Instead he took the biggest, bad, best surviving piece that he could. He took it and claimed it and it no longer looked maimed. This is by William Shakespeare, a quote. Give sorrow words a grief that does not speak, knits up the overwrought heart and and bids it break. The prepared mind, pampered into plump submission, depot medications and the combination of love-fueled favours of faceted, faceted minds, adjust to fate and the passing time. Clots turn to rust and miracles occur. What was it like to him or her? Her without him would not have been, but now she was no beauty queen. In the eyes of the world she had to be seen, and so without regret she ceased to be. Shivering into a shell from the seashore, he would be willing to listen. Like knocking on heaven's door asking for permission to turn around and walk away. He loved her, made her who she is today. She hates the way she turned around, but there is no doubt her survival was padded out with happiness and contentment in most flower beds. It's lonely being the underdog. Demons don't speak evil anymore, but nostalgia plays its part in her scarred heart of dark trimmings. This is short bit by Edgar Allan Poe. Lonely yet all undaunted, in this rebuilt land enchanted, in my heart by horror haunted, tell me truly I implore, is my love within you, tell me, tell me I implore, quoth the raven sadly, nevermore. The loneliness graveled along beside them, 
and lived on furthermore. She was saved and sold her soul to the man she would have given it to for free. Loneliness lingers on in the melancholic depression behind the enchantment of their secret serenade. Love song. Love leaves forever green and fragrant amidst the flow of summer wind. She'll be the same. She'll be sane as long as love never leaves her alone again. And that was a strange trail to follow, I know. A love story as told from the point of view of the person with schizophrenia emphasising a psychotic slant within the prose. That's what I wrote on vocal media and I'm going to do some more writing for there too. Okay, I hope you followed that um, because I read it quite badly. The next piece is just going back to what I was saying earlier. Is, is a piece of writing that I did and I was during that slump where I was really down and I read it and obviously I've tried recording it and I did it to try and cheer myself up which is part of the reason why I do a podcast to try and express myself a little bit where I don't have to answer to anyone or nobody can laugh at me or well they can, you can you can laugh if you want but I won't know you're doing it unless, you know, no, let's not go there but I won't know and it's just a place for me to express myself without getting overwhelmed. So I tried it and I've recorded it and I've just, I don't really want to go through it again. Not that there's anything bad, I can't remember what's even said in it, but it's because I've already recorded it. Um, I think it will be apt for me to show you the recording where I don't sound as if I'm too happy either. I don't think I do. Anyway, it starts off and I sound really down, so I know when I recorded it, I was really down. So, the next one, I think I've just called it Warmth. So, um, enjoy. It's some kind of free writing, poetry, prose, whatever you want to call it. It's just a bit of stuff out of the headspace in my mind. Thank you. When the storm settles and all that is left are raindrops, on shattered window panes, the glint of silver over drenched muddy walkways, and both paths merged together like once before the storm. Try to take in the humidity of all that went on in between. Don't pick up any broken pieces, not yet anyhow. The reason being is quite simple. They're not required in the rebuild. They matter individually in a worthy selby sentimental view but needless are these shards of broken hearts they forge parts of the walls between you two take hold of the last leaf left on darkened branches pick out the bluest star in the sky hold on to one another close by hand and try not to allow the love bygones to die. Put out the bloody garments of war and in the flames of forever they might dry. Kiss each other's healing wounds and become as one. The sand dunes and butterflies in a stormy sky. Let the music play new songs and hum in unison beats. Open doors together and sing louder chorus. Through the streets of harboured hatred, mournful memories and happiness orders keep. 
Birds will wake at dawn tomorrow, fresh and fierce as we find our restful sleep. Turn around and take deep breaths. Reach out in the dark for a thousand crimes still terrify the recess of your heart. Find the strength to trust yourself, regain your sense of worth. Touch his prickly skinned moonlit pulse, warmth for all his hurts. That said, another piece that was written round about the same time I've called Sandman, um, I'll share with you now. I think at the time of writing, I, w- I was thinking, I need to come out of this, this hellhole that I've put myself in, in my mind. And I think I was trying to do so, but instead I've just like purged all the bad shit onto the page. I'm not sure I'm going to read it now. I think it's trying to be a poem. When your heart returns, it's destitution, blood purging red, embrace connects the tenants of the vessel and set sail on smooth, rough, less destitute finesse. The relief of rocky roads, most travelled, recently trampled (laughs) on on hopes and dreams by fear and palpable fable beliefs. I've just realised that I said it a bit wrong, so I'm going to try and read it again, start from the beginning. And also, I shouted at Matthew to ask him to please stop saying unnecessarily noises, because he was clearing his throat, shouting and swearing and whatever, but I'm not asked. <laughs> I just got, I just knew that I'd made a mistake, and I took it, like, took it out on him by shouting to him to say, quiet a bit. When your heart returns its destitution, blood purging red, umbrance connects the tenants of the vessel and sets sail on smooth, rough, less destitute finesse. The relief of rocky roads most travelled, recently trampled on hope, hope and dreams by fear and palpable va- fable beliefs. The tracks still sting the soles of your feet, but the harmony reproaches destitutional reach the beach is a pit stop of survival the tide washes away the crucifying causes of lust abrupt and not yours to trust and brings back the herbs to fervent through frostbitten faith and loss of loving embrace the shipwrecked soul strolls on old alone in the presence of the god the beloved whole collapses collapses a passion for distractional purpose the love lingers on like rust on a sawn off shotgun you learn to trust the weapon of wisdom or thrust the weapon of wisdom up and above wishful thinking take him back to your hammock devour his devour his cock lay between branches being his rock, the needs, the care and comfort you crave. He gave you the safety to explore and all the caves within reach your mind. Reach, your mind is this beach and he needs you to build castles and towers while you cover him in sand. In and out, he stays there for hours becoming a wanted man. Sorry about the pause in that. I got a bit embarrassed when it was talking about 
um, private bits in in that crude way. I guess it just comes out sometimes. Okay, that was called Sandman. So I think that's all the writing for today. Um, I'm going to start making some new content soon. I was just sat here and I'm listening to classical music, just like really low in the background. It's moved on from just Beethoven. It's a mixture of the most popular it's only on youtube and um i'm thinking to myself there is a weird connection between mental health or poor mental health as in my case and classical music i mean all that let me turn this down because it's gone quite loud but a lot of the um greats seem to be mentally um uh, mentally i was going to say mentally challenged that's the wrong word to to use but you know seem to be very deep into their psyche and and it reflects in the music and it, I just don't know it is a bit crazy I think I think Beethoven was crazy wasn't he sort of insane at certain points and I don't know every time I seem to get not ill but at unrest I verge towards these kind of sounds as a soothing thing but in the back like I'm I've got one side of my brain going I can't hear it it's fine it will chill you out the next part of my brain going this is annoying me it's so boring it will have to stop and another one thinking I can feel where this guy is going with this music and then I, I have to look up and check and see who it is and it's not that important but I just thought I'd mention yeah that classical music helps it's also good for babies when they're tiny babies i've been told it's very good and there's lots of children's um classical music mixes on youtube for you to look at not you personally but i mean for me i look at them and think should i put something on like that for me and sort out the inner the inner child in chasing i'm going to do some shadow work later and by that i mean i'm going to turn the lights down low and create shadows no one's joking i'm going to um just chill for a bit I'm going to try and get another episode out today, which is the 21st of November, I think. And it will have better content on. I'm going to do question and answer, question Q&As. I think that might be something different to do. And I'm going to find the right one set of questions. I started already, but I didn't like my answers. So for now, I shall let you go. Come back later and listen to my next episode. It's nice having you here. Thank you. Bye.